Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 144 of At Odd Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, it feels like it's been eight days since we last recorded. I know. I hate it when somebody throws the recording schedule out of whack, and then <laughs> we're like constantly playing catch-up from there. Uh, but yeah, it's been forever. I've almost forgotten everything from the previous week for some reason. Yeah. Eight <laughs> days? While I'm enjoying my sobriety, I don't think you've been enjoying your sobriety. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was enjoying any time, it. Any time in these last eight days. I mean, I've been sober for six days ish. I think there's just there's one day where things got a little out of whack, but uh, maybe more on that later. I was gonna say I heard you were still reeling on porch talk this week. So, <laughs> well, that was just my normal drunken uh, behavior. That wasn't anything spilling over from AIW. That was just me on a normal fucking Sunday. I don't know what it was. Gotcha. Uh, so before we get into our usual stuff, I have to. Uh, it's very rare that during the time frame in which we record these shows, uh, that someone, it's not very rare that someone corrects me for something stupid we say in the show, because that happens quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But it's very rare that I actually remember to bring up the correction. Yeah, you, you do say often that there, there will be retractions and apologies, but they never make the final cut. Well, what happens is somebody, and this is the problem. Like, someone says, hey, next Wednesday, go! don't forget to pick up your figure defender. And then there's seven <laughs> days that happen, and I forgot that Thursday conversation. <laughs> so somebody says, hey, you screwed this up on the show on a Friday. I'm not going to remember that on a Thursday a week from now. Yeah. Uh, but this one I remembered because myself and the boar had our detective hats on uh, when we were talking about the dark side of the ring last week. And I mentioned about the dynamite kid thing uh, with Jacques Rougeau and how it didn't line up quite right. Cause I'm like, well, Mr. Perfect wasn't there. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I was under the impression that this happened in a post WrestleMania timeframe, but it didn't. It happened it, it WrestleMania three. So I thought it was happening in 1987. Henning wasn't there. Uh, Bore and I combed through World Wrestling Entertainment results in the year of 1988 <laughs> to see when Perfect, the Bulldogs, and the Rougeos would have been at a TV together. Oh God! All and right. we found that it, we found that it was on October 5th of 1988. Um, it's one of these things where they would do like two days of tapings at the time. Like Monday would be Superstars tapings and Tuesdays would be Rougeau, uh, uh, challenge tapings, right? Mm -hmm. So the uh, the Tuesday challenge tapings, the Bull the Rougeaus are all over it, right? Oh, and the yeah. other the other okay. So the other thing was, Arn Anderson has gone on the record and said it happened his first day of TV. So we knew it happened at a TV. We knew that the Brain Busters were there, the Rougeaus were there, the Bulldogs were there, and Mr. Perfect were there, right? Mm -hmm. So, we're like, okay, when did the Brain Busters come in? Okay, here. Where was their first TV? Here's where their first TVs were. Um, Henning had been doing house shows over the summer, but this was also his first TV. So, again, uh, the Tuesday challenge taping, the Rougeaus are all over it, the 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 Monday Superstars taping, no Rougeos, no Bulldogs, but all the other principal players are there. 
on the 7th, the Bulldogs are on the European tour that the Rougeaus are not on. So uh, Bohr and I pieced it together. This is my retraction. The incident happened on October 5th, 1988. So is that what's called doing a journalism? Uh, no, that is doing like a detective work. Because uh, okay. journalism was uncovering something that wasn't there. This is something that was there. I was just too stupid to like do my initial like double checking to see when it happened. Because I always thought it happened in 87, but it happened in 88. Well, I'm glad to hear that there are people out there that that care enough to do that kind of research. I, yep. for one, you could have told me it happened any given year at any given time, and I would have been fine with it. Right. If it happened prior to 1990, it happened, you know, it could happen to you. It could happen in 1960 or 1988. It didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It, it's pre-recorded history at that point. You know, <laughs> it's like stories of it are written on cave walls somewhere. <laughs> but, Speaking uh, of the Oh, speaking yeah. of the boar, uh, he just came off his appearance on the A show this past Monday, and uh, he is currently well in the lead on the votings with a handsome uh, 95 plus percent lead. <laughs> uh, but that does not uh, uh, mean he's completely out of the woods. You know, something yep. could sneak up and dozens of people can just vote overnight. So I'll include the link to this. Um in our show notes with this episode. So you can go and vote for the boar, listen to the episode, uh, one or the other or both, but definitely vote for the boar. Give him like the biggest victory of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little too close to call right now, as you mm-hmm. said, but, uh, really fun. Listen, uh, not enough lights going out or low blows for my taste, but, uh, I did appreciate the fact that they properly renamed the seventh round wild card. Uh, so that's also a, a, a highlight for me, but uh, it's good hearing the boar on there. You know, uh, it's about time that someone from that neck of the, the soon to be named network finally has a good showing on that show. <laughs> and listen, I, I would be remiss not to mention this. So you get the wild card named after you. Yes. You didn't win the tournament of champions. Well, so uh, some might say I did, but go ahead. <laughs> the stepdads get their uh, uh, trade rule instituted. Neither one of them won. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason Diagostino gets the undrafted uh, free agents rule added back in. He didn't win either. I won. <laughs> and I got nothing. Well, first of all, I mean, you are not a proud person. You're not out there like looking for attention, like attention whores like me. So first of all, you're not somebody who would want something named after you. So, and second of all, you're on 97 podcasts a week. Let me have something, Joe. <laughs> Listen, I, I have no problem with letting you have something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I don't know why those other people are in there. Let's just rename everything after you and I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. And Chris, get on that. <laughs> but yeah, check out the Boars episode and uh, obviously keep supporting that show. It's a good time. I yes. enjoy it. Even when I'm not on there, I still enjoy it. So, uh, Adam, we have a very, very busy. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. This day in wrestling history. All it's right. going to be another one of those ones where we kind of jump around all over the place, right? All right, I'll sit back. Okay, so on this day in wrestling history in 2001, from the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, 
was the World Wrestling Entertainment pay-per-view King of the Ring. Uh, this is most notable for the Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon street fight match. Is that the one where uh, where uh, Kurt belly-to-belly suplexes Shane through the glass? Well, he tries to do it through the glass <laughs> the first time. Yeah, okay. And then Shane yeah. just lands right on top of his head. <laughs> yep. Uh, one one of the ultimate spectacle matches in all of World Wrestling Entertainment history. Uh, this is right before the invasion stuff kicks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H had just recently, maybe weeks prior, blown out his quad. Uh, main event of this pay-per-view is a triple threat match of Jericho versus Austin versus Chris Benoit. Benoit gets hurt in this match, and then he's out for like the entire Alliance storyline, which starts the next night on Raw. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, uh, also on this day in wrestling history in 2002 was the infamous Raw where Vince instituted the phrase for the first time, ruthless aggression, which we heard this past week on NXT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also on this day in wrestling history in 2012, a little bit more modern, uh, the Chikara event smack in the middle emanated from Sar- lovely downtown Syracuse, New York. Uh, I heard Vinnie Paulino recently visited their uh, uh, giant uh, mall that they have there for an afternoon, and it took him an entire week to do so. Hmm. That's how painful it was. Syracuse is not a nice-looking town these days. <laughs> uh, but I mention it only because this is an event that we are going to be doing in the homework, like two assignments from now. Okay. That I assign. Um, this show has such matches as The Shard versus Jigsaw, Tim Donst versus Sarah Del Rey, uh, Assailant and Soldier Ant against each other in a match I vividly remember them beating the shit out of each other in. All right. An eight person tag match as Ophidian, Icarus, Chuck Taylor, and John Gargano. Take on Granicuma, El Generico, and 3.0. All right. Currently known as Everrise. And they rule. And they do rule. And the main event of this show is Eddie Kingston defending the Grand Championship against Dasher Hatfield. All right. Is uh, Mixed Martial Archie on this card? No, he is not on this card. <sighs> Unrelated, Adam, if you remember the show that we'll be watching before this, he's involved in a Loser Leaves Chikara match. Okay. Unrelated. <laughs> Maybe more developments on the show after this. Um, but like I said, not next assign next not next homework assignment, homework assignment after that. It just, you know, we kind of fell a little bit behind on stuff. I was hoping to have things line up, but they don't quite line up, mm-hmm. and I'm not skipping shows because there's good stuff to watch on some of those shows. Yeah. Um, and hey, you know what? I'm also going to mention it here. A year ago today is when Chikara officially closed the doors uh, and amid, amidst all the uh, speaking out stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, the people in charge keep training people and filming stuff in front of their banners and doing all those sort of things. Is Chikara really closed? They ain't <laughs> running shows, but I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I'm not mentioned in your notes here, but I saw on Twitter right before we started recording, I think it said 18 years ago was the day that Kane was unmasked. Oh, yeah. That's not as important. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you got to see how horribly disfigured he was. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, but there was something else that happened on this day, uh, Adam, uh, 14 years ago. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held uh, the pay-per-view Vengeance from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, mm. Rather, they, it was a, it was the first time they did a Night of Champions gimmick. All right. Uh, all the titles were defended. Uh, and this is the this is the era of World Wrestling Entertainment that we're, that we're talking about here, uh, as uh, we see such matches as Intercontinental Champion Santino Morella defends the title against Umanga. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions Deuce and Domino defend their titles against Sergeant Slaughter and Jimmy Superfly Snooka. (laughs) Gotta check that match out again. That sounds awesome. Uh Uh-huh. WWE WWE Champion John Cena defends his title in a five-person match or something with its John Cena, King Booker, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, and Mick Foley. All right. Uh, but more, I guess, more notably, uh, less about the card itself. Uh, Johnny Nitro took on CM Punk uh, for the vacant ECW World Title. <laughs> Johnny Nitro had replaced Chris Benoit, who was not at the event for personal reasons. <laughs> so as I was going through my notes today, Adam, you know, I send you the version that doesn't have like all the matches and stuff. Uh huh. And then I'm going through it for myself, and I'm like, oh, oh, that was this pay-per-view, huh? <laughs> oh, well, that, that kind of set the tone for the rest of my day. Yeah, well, it was the ECW that made money, so that's all that matters. That is true. That yeah. is true. Uh, <laughs> personal reasons, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, Adam, let's get into likes and dislikes from this past week. All right. I guess I'll start. I'll scroll down through my notes because there's this like big thing in my notes here. It's like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs, but I'll save that maybe for later. Uh, And I'm going to start off with a dislike. And I'm going to say from AEW this week, my first dislike is the the MMA fight between MMA fighter Jake Hagar uh, and Wardlow. Uh, you know, kudos for them for putting together an actual proper MMA cage, but, uh, I don't know if you know this, Joe, you cannot work MMA punches. They just look ridiculous when you're trying to do ground and pound, but you're pulling your punches. It just looks silly. Uh, you know, what also looks silly when you're attempting a submission, but once you have it locked in because it's like a work, you have to kind of let it go. Otherwise you'll break the person's arm and it kind of makes it look dumb. Uh, and also, you know, what looks really stupid when you bust out a fucking her and Conrana in the middle of, a, of this shoot fight. Uh, but I mean, the whole thing sucked. Uh, I liked what they were going with, but it's really hard to, to, to work, uh, to make a, a fake fight look like a real fight in an MMA cage. Uh, that is unless you're like that YouTube guy and like uh, Mayweather, but uh, uh, that, that looked pretty realistic, even though it was a fake fight. But uh, yeah, that's my first dislike Hager versus Wardlow. Yeah. This is my dislikes as well. Oh, there we go. Um, I like my fakes. I like my fake fighting. Yep. I don't like real fighting. See, I like real fighting and I like fake fighting, but I don't like it when fake fighting tries to make itself be real fighting, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's kind of my whole thing here is I understand you have crossover appeal and I understand that there's people that go from the fake fighting to the real fighting and from the real fighting to the fake fighting. And that's that's great. You know what? I take the skill that's involved with both. 
But when my fake fighting tries to do the real fighting, but they have to fake it, it just looks dumb. Yeah. And I don't think it helped either guy. Um, I, you know, obviously, like the weird cornermen stuff. Um, and it was like Jericho and Sean Spears. Like, so <laughs> I hate the term cosplay wrestling. Mm. Um, like I said, I'm two years plus sober off Jim Cornette and all of his related <laughs> bullshit, you know? Yeah. But this was cosplay cage fighting. It's like we've seen cornermen do this, so we're going to do this, even though, like, it really doesn't need to be done because these guys aren't really hurting each other because they're not really fighting. And amongst it all, the fact that Jake undefeated MMA Jake Hager got so blown up so quickly into this thing. It did not fill my uh, my heart that he would actually be good in mixed martial arts. And I think somebody said on Twitter, it's like, does Bellator even know that Jake Hager's on their roster? <laughs> like, I almost, when I was watching it, and I was like, this is really, really bad. I kind of hoped it would devolve into a full-blown wrestling match by, like, halfway through the second round. You know, like Piper versus Mr. T boxing match, you know, where they would just, you would have... Wardlow just all of a sudden just start wrestling them. And we got a little bit of that with the her and Kairana, but they kept trying to make it look like it was a legitimate shoot fight. And it, it, it's just so out of place. And like I said before, you when you have somebody in like a ground and pound and you're just laying down these pillows of shots, you know, you're big boys. I'm not saying to go full bore, but land some shots to the head, like some loose jabs or something like that. You have the gloves on. It's it just the fact that these were these glancing blows to like the shoulders and like you know, an inch above the face and everything like that. It just looks so soft when they're trying to go the exact opposite direction. And like you said, with the car- uh, the corner guys, like Jericho putting on, I don't know what they use. I'm not, a, I'm not a tough guy. Like the, like the Vaseline on the eyebrows. So the blows go past, uh, like it, it was just like you said, they're trying to do everything that they saw on a UFC fight, but just done really, really poorly. Yes. But yeah, I'm glad we're in unison on that. I was hoping that you were, uh, or I was worried that you were going to be like, you know what? I really became a fan of Jake Hagar today. No. (laughs) All right. Well, we overlap there, so you can go ahead and go. All right. We might overlap on this, but for different reasons. Uh Uh-oh. So in my dislikes from the heck in a sec pay-per-view this past weekend was the... Shayna Baszler Alexa Bliss match. Oh, look at you talking about Alexa Bliss. <laughs> it's I, I will say, Joe, there is nothing from heck in a sec on my likes or dislikes. So okay. The okay. floor is yours. Because I mean, I could just go on and on about how great it is that Alexa is the now the the new AIW women's champion. And uh don't don't look into that. Uh John John's not returning calls right now. But uh uh but yeah, I'm happy about that. But go ahead. He's He's too busy getting the show, the company Twitter account unlocked for a D- DMCA violation of his own promotion. <laughs> um, so uh, Shayna actually lost a mixed martial arts match uh, in between her time from AIW to World Wrestling Entertainment. So, and I can't remember who the fighter that she lost to was, and that's who the actual AIW linear champion was. But I don't know if those titles can be defended in mixed martial arts contests. Be that as it may, and then from there, notwithstanding, um, 
I think the perfect encapsulation of this is when uh, Alexa Bliss uses her glow-like voodoo powers <laughs> to possess uh, Nia Jax to not only attack poor Reginald, but also to scream and mirror her actions. But nothing encapsulates how good that is more than when they go to the shot of Nia Jax emulating Alexa Bliss's scream is everyone on the Thunderdome screams laughing uproariously of how stupid this is. They were just having a good time, that's all. They were having a blast. They thought this spooky lady who was possessing people with her fiend powers was hilarious. (laughs) And listen, man, I get it. You know, this is like the last ditch before you go and start doing pay-per-views in front of real people. And you really can't pull this bullshit off anymore. Or maybe you triple down on this bullshit and really rub it in the live fans' faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you want to go from a kayfabe version of this, um, if she is truly possessed by the fiend powers, the fiend never showed abilities to possess people and take them over. He was able to alter reality to make John Cena think that he was in the NWO and stuff, but he wasn't able to actually, you know, manipulate people's physicalities, which means maybe she's not possessed by the fiend. Maybe she, you know, anyway, all of it's stupid and I hate it. (laughs) Well, I, I think like, obviously you watch Loki. So there's different Lokis that have different powers, you know, the uh, Loki prime, you know, could, uh, could like, cause illusions and make things disappear but but girl loki can zimzam people so i think that they're just trying to uh i don't know i honestly i'm I'm grasping at straws i have no way to defend this joe i just i like alexa so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. i'm gonna defend it uh yeah not in my likes or my dislikes i i was uh pleasantly surprised that you brought it up but uh yeah, I, I don't have a leg to stand on i'll work harder for next week (laughs) you know to kind of way find a way to justify it but I'm glad that, you know, she's living rent-free in her head, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I put a lot of thought into it. It was one of those things where I didn't get a chance to see it live as it happened. Mm-hmm. And then I see a lot of people talking about it. And I'm like, I got to go watch the whole thing for context. Like with the previous Alexa thing, I like to formulate my own opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, just like all the people that kind of shit all over the Jake Hager uh, Wardlow cage fight thing. And I'm like, okay, doing a Huracurana out of context in a cage match. Maybe that's kind of all right and cool. Let me watch the whole thing. And I'm like, nope, they were right. It's it's pretty bad. All right, so which is worse? I don't know. I don't want to spoil any of your likes or dislikes, but it's on the top of my tongue here. Uh, which is worse, the spooky Alexa stuff or during a Hell in a Cell match, uh, your boy getting slammed onto a crash pad and them having to, like, reach out and, like, push the table in its spot? okay with them using crash pads amongst the non-fan days of Thunderdome. Um, But I just hope that that person whose job it was to hide under the ring to switch between broken tables and crash pads doesn't get fired because Kevin Dunn went to the shot too quickly. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, like I said, nothing from heck in a sec on my likes or dislikes, but I'm glad you're watching Alexa and you're appreciating what the art that she's putting out, the high art of the lore. <laughs> oh boy. 
right, I'm going to go ahead and do my last uh, dislike, and then I'll just have nothing but positivity after that. Yeah, me too. All right, so I'm going to do a dislike. Now, I want you to forgive me on this one, you as well as everybody listening to this, but my second dislike from AEW as well is the Orange Cassidy match. Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bonomi. Uh, my Obviously, my gripe with this is that OC went from being a top guy wrestling in the main event of a huge pay-per-view to having to squeeze a, a watchable match out of the barely mobile Kurgan and the rest of his wingman oddities. Uh, I know you're going to say that this is like just a brief like pit stop on his road to bigger and better things, but I just feel like the best friends and all of them uh, deserve better than being in this feud with uh, with uh, Ziggler and his friends, you know? So it's like uh, just very, not a great match, despite the best efforts of all of the best friends and obviously Orange Cassidy. And uh, aside from Peter Avalon, like caressing Bonomi and screaming after the match was over, you know, uh, that was really the only redeemable part from this. Uh, I was just kind of, you know, meh about the whole thing. Uh well, and so I'll I'll defend it this way. This is no different than periods in the world wrestling entertainment uh, from the two uh, pre a lot like pre WCW buyout, where every once in a while one of their top stars would like take like uh, like a two week break on TV and like uh, for no reason the Rock's gonna feud with Val Venus, right? Yeah. Or like ah uh, for no reason uh, the Rock's gonna feud with jeans wearing British bulldog. <laughs> or, you know, it's like, oh, Stone Cold is going to, like, drop falls clean on TV to the big boss man in 1999, right? Mm-hmm. So these things happen, you know? I say this is a test of Orange Cassidy of how over he is that some of his overness can rub off on, essentially, which is a, a, an AEW dark act. Um, I did think it was inspired that... Uh, their interference on the outside was rubbing fake tanner and combing OC's hair. Uh, I thought that was a fun bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do see, you know, obviously we mentioned it earlier, but I, I, I was glad to see Trent, Chuck, and OC watching their Chikara tapes to do the uh, Colony's big finisher that they do, the antipult to the outside. Yeah. Uh, but OC got to do like a bunch of cool shit. It was good to see him in there with like a giant, uh, just in case they decide to throw him against like a Wardlow who's not quite a giant, but you know, we're supposed to pretend that people who are six foot three are giants in today's day and age. Um, I thought the match was fun. Uh, it was nice to see the whole best friends crew on TV and, uh, you know, uh, I didn't hate it as much as you and apparently everyone else did. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my like, uh, my first like is going to be uh, pointing out how stupid we all are. And I mean, we watchers of NXT. So for weeks, we had been seeing vignettes of things being of uh, of something being built up. Uh, I was being led in the DMs that this was what the alternate name of the uh actual nxt is going to be like because nxt isn't nxt anymore nxt is not developmental anymore it's mm-hmm. an actual third brand if you ask anyone in nxt except if you ask stephanie or triple h or if, unless you ask stephanie and she says that it is developmental or if you ask vince he says what's an nxt who are all these people give me my flavorless mush <laughs> 
But they're supposed to be starting up like a new thing that is going to be developmental, and then that's going to be like replaces what NXT used to be. I was being led to believe that that's what the Diamond Mine was. Now, for months, and it's been a couple months because this person and his charge had not been on TV for weeks, had told us that this charge was essentially a diamond in the rough. A diamond. And uh, then we start getting vignettes for something called the Diamond Mine. And all the pieces were there, and all of us were too stupid to figure it out <laughs> that Malcolm Bivens was going to be leading a charge of uh, what's his Tyler Rust, Tyler Robert Rust, Strong, and some other guy, Hideko Itami, Hideki Suzuki, Hideki Suzuki. There you go. Uh, that uh, I almost said Stokely Hathaway. That's that's a different person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Bivens was going to lead this new top heel group with Roderick Strong at the helm, and it was very happy to see Stokely back on TV in a prominent position. Um. I don't think the times that Stokely's been taken off TV over these last 15 months has been his doing. It's definitely some other folks' doings, maybe the people he had been put with at the time. Hopefully these guys aren't going to be Mm fuck-ups. So that Stokely remains on TV in the prominent position that he deserves to be in. So that's in my likes, that he's back on TV in a high spot. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe, my my uh, first like this week was the entire closing segment of NXT, including the match between Kyle O'Reilly, O'Reilly and Kushida, which I thought was a great match. And then obviously culminating in Adam Cole driving off, you know, or attacking Kyle O'Reilly and then obviously the Diamond Mine debuting. And I did have to Google who the third member was. That's the only reason I knew who Suzuki was. But I do agree with everything you said. Uh, good to see Mr. Bivens uh, featured. Maybe not necessarily a comedy act. You know, like I love him as a comedy guy, but it's it's cool that he's out there with some some guys that are at least presented as badasses. And uh, uh, good for him, like main eventing an episode of NXT. I liked it. Yeah, listen, this is, a, it, it, this is not a uh, comedy gimmick. I don't know what you're talking about. It never has been. I don't know if you saw that he shared those uh, DMs from Walter. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, so he sent Walter uh, a DM that just said, the street's not safe no more. <laughs> to which Walter replied, I know, big bro, crying emoji. Uh, me, Fabian, and Marcel respect you. Please don't hurt us. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that has to be true because, you know, you can't fake those things. Right, right. Yeah. I lo- well, again, I don't know if you saw, Sami Zayn is now on board <laughs> with the most popular hashtag in all of sports and entertainment, get Ed from Pod Van Dam on Between the Sheets to talk about Dude Love. I did uh, see that. I, I, I retweeted that out. I saw that tweet, right. and I was like, let me share this in case anybody's not following, you know, Sami Zayn on Twitter. Right, right. Or maybe you missed Bix's tweet. Yeah. Or yeah. Bix has you blocked like he does uh, Pat, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the ne- So if this does come to fruition, I know people have said like, hey, what's the new? Because I can only do two hashtags at a time, right? All right. So or wait, just before you finish that thought. So obviously we're, we're doing the the Ed from Pod Van Dam. Is your other concurrent one like the Get Eddie Kingston in the line of Unrivaled? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just I because I, I don't know if we were dropping the uh, Orange Cassidy on the red carpet of Fast 9. Uh, I think Fast 9 comes out this weekend. I think like. Orange Cassidy could do that on his own if he wants to. Oh, and it was enough. during the pandemic, and I'm like, 
Eh, it's weird to like say, hey, send this guy around the world during a <laughs> pandemic. I'm like, oh, let's not encourage that, you know? Okay, but go ahead. Yes, after we get Ed on pop, uh, on Between the Sheets, yes. Right. Uh, so the I know it's been speculated for uh, to have Bailey versus Bianca Belair be a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam. Get that as a hashtag trending. Uh, I'm kind of leaning toward get uh, Bix and Pat from Pod Van Dam to be best friends and do the Mega Power as handshake. <laughs> but let's get Ed on Pod Van or let's get Ed from Pod Van Dam on Between the Sheets to talk about Dude Love first, and then we can start figuring out the new hashtags. Okay, I'm here for it. All right. <sighs> All right. Well, I just have one like left. What about you? Hey, hey, I, 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 uh, I have only one like left too. And I'll, I'll kind of start it off this way and say, uh, my like was this past Friday watching the uh, AIW show major announcement on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, Really good show. Go out of your way to check it out. I think the whole thing clocks in at just a smidge over two hours. Um, the last three matches post-intermission are some of the best wrestling you'll see on the independents. But why take my word for it? Let's talk to someone who was there live. Who would that be? You! Oh, okay. I, I, it's all a blur. It's all a blur. <laughs> That's what I understand. Yes. All right, so I, I just want to say a couple weeks ago in my praise of the LVAC, I said something to the effect of, you know, like the LVAC is one of the most, like the best indie promotions, the most fun you can have, you know, like dollar for dollar, great time, all that. And you had made a point to correct me and say, oh, as well as AIW, you know, not don't short shrift AIW. And I had said something to the effect of, well, I've never been to AIW, so I, you know, I'll take your word for it. But uh, I'll tell you what, and I'll, I'll go into more details, but I had an absolute blast at this show. Um, as I might have uh, referred to last week, it's maybe a six-hour drive for us from here. Yeah. You know, so uh, the night before I went to Bloomsburg to meet up with uh, a buddy of mine that was going with me, um, it was his first wrestling show since going to a, a, a what is the fucking promotion that Dan Champion and I traveled the roads down. Uh, Johnny World Glitter's Star Pro Wrestling? World Star. It was his first wrestling show since going to a World Star Wrestling show that I was on 20-something years Christ. ago. <laughs> so he is not a wrestling fan, but he just wanted to go to Toy Hile, so I made him go to the IW show. Uh, so I went to Bloomsburg, picked him up, and then five hours straight across uh, Route 80. Uh, no traffic. No bad weather, just like a perfect drive out, uh, made really good time. It's my first time going to Cleveland. And I'll tell you what, Joe, uh, I found the venue and then went and found like a hotel because I didn't book it in advance. I just found the venue and just Googled hotels and then went to the first closest one and they were booked up, went to the second closest one, uh, got that one. It was maybe a 15 minute walk from uh, the Odeon. But uh, my first impressions of Cleveland is that it's a beautiful city, but it's abandoned like in a zombie movie. Like there was no people. There was no cars like you. I was able to just jaywalk wherever I want. Like, yeah, I'm a rebel, but <laughs> uh, like the most abandoned big city you'll ever see. I don't know if it's a pandemic thing or because there was no baseball slash basketball slash hockey going on, but uh a ghost town, man, a real ghost town. Like every restaurant was closed. Uh, managed to find like a little bar and grill where I fell in love with the bartender, but that's a story for porch talk. Um, but uh, 
first impressions of Cleveland, really nice town, easy drive to get there. Um, and obviously first time going to the Odeon and, uh, that's where I met up with the pod Van Dam crew. Uh, if you're ever at a show where the PVD boys are just, and you can't find them, just, uh, sniff around, you'll smell the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I found, you know, Ed and Pat and uh, a bunch of the people from, uh, the pod Van Dam discord who could not have been nicer. You know, a lot of people that I was meeting for the first time, uh, that recognized me, you know, that like. I knew them by their Twitter names or by their Discord names, but they all like knew me from like just seeing me, which was awesome. I, I'm always a big mark for people knowing who I am. So uh, I, lots of appreciation uh, to everybody who came up and said hi. Uh, I also, before the show started, met a friend of the show and fellow Major Mark and the moderator of FWF, uh, our episode of FWF, Justin Summers. Uh, I got my Mark pick with him. I was happy about that. And also before the show, and then I'll turn it over to you real quick, uh, I also met Joey Schutz, a.k.a. Joey Business, from Kayfabe Collectibles. You know, I perused his table and talked to him and his lady for a little bit. Very nice dude as well. Uh, very pumped to meet everybody uh, that I had been talking to on the internet for all these years and uh, finally put a face to them, you know? For sure. And I, I, I want to commend you for doing what I do whenever I go to a new venue. Mm-hmm. Um when I make the drive out, uh, I make sure I drive to the venue first. I look, I'm like, okay, there's the venue. I see it. Now let's figure everything else out. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And like there, I, as I'm sure anybody who's been there knows, like you cannot park anywhere <laughs> without paying. So I would just like pull over and double park somewhere real quick, jump on the GPS, be like, okay, where are hotels? And then, uh, you know, obviously, uh, sending Robbie and I'm like, go, go find out if they have rooms, you know, but whatever. Now, if you don't mind me asking, yep. um, did you find a decent hotel? Did you get fleeced for it? Like bought, getting one the day of? Oh, no, I mean, I don't, it's all good. Uh, so there was a place and I don't know the name. Uh, there's a hotel that was maybe like a block from the Odeon. That's obviously the first one we hit up. Sure. Uh, they were booked solid and they referred us to another one. That, like I said, it was about a 15-minute walk away but uh, from the Odeon, but maybe, uh, like, it was the Westin. The Westin, now it's popping into my brain. Um, but that was maybe, like, a five-minute drive and a 15-minute walk, and it was, like, $210 for a double room. Okay. And this isn't, like, a day's in or anything like that. It was a nice hotel. Uh, sure. where they Where they get you is that it was uh, 50 bucks for parking, even though you're staying there. Jesus Christ. Like I could have like parked anywhere else, like in one of the parking lots, but like for whatever reason, I was just like, okay, it's the hotel. You know, I can, uh, if I'm going to go come and go, which I didn't, you know, but if I'm going to come and go and need the car, you know, I don't have to like, you know, go anywhere else. It's valet parking and all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, the, the valet parking, I probably got got on, but the hotel itself wasn't bad. So you just went up to the front desk and said, I need a room. Yeah, I didn't. I sent Rob in as I circled the block 20 times because, again, there was no place to park. Okay. <laughs> Word of advice for you yeah. uh, and anyone else possibly listening to this when it comes to booking a hotel like that. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, obviously we live in a day and age where we have these things in our pockets that could pull all this shit up, you know? Yeah. Pull it up on like an Expedia, a Hotels.com, a Travelocity or whatever it is, right? Do it in the goddamn yeah. lobby. Steal their Wi-Fi and do it, right? <laughs> Pull up the hotel 
and pull up the lower price. And then go up to them and attempt to book the room and then say, I could book it right here on Travelocity for this lower price or yeah. whatever. Can you give me this price? Because if you can't, I'll just hit this button and get it right now. Mm-hmm. And they'll give you the price. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a fancy gentleman or anything like that. But I'm like, I'm not going to mince $20, $30, whatever it is. So, I mean, if it, you're telling me it's the difference between $200 and like 50 bucks, okay. But if it's the difference between $200 and like 170 what 160 whatever, split two ways, I'm not going to lose any sleep over if it. it was, if it was the difference of $5, I'd do it. That's the difference <laughs> between you and I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> So uh, so that's you leading up to the show. You get to the show. What are your thoughts? How's everything yeah. laid out? I haven't been to the Odeon for an AIW show. Um, you know, fingers crossed sometime to 2021 I'll get a chance to get out to Cleveland again. But, again, yeah. we'll see. All right. So, obviously, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, you, as soon as you go in, kind of like to the left is where the ring is set up. And I guess there's... When there isn't a wrestling show, that's where the venue's stage is for bands. And kind of over to the right is where the vendors are set up, where Joey was set up for kayfabe collectibles, all the gimmick tables. Uh, and that is where the figure four were set up. Uh, Broski, uh, Myers, uh, Smart Mark, and Swoggle. Um, and that's where I, you know, I had my, my fanboy moment. I was just like, Rob! Rob, it's Broski! It's Broski! <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, I, I'll say that uh, I did do the the meet and greet or slash like getting my mark photos at the AIW show. And I'm very, 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 very glad I did. Uh, because I, if you listen to Wrestling Cheers this week, you'll hear Justin talk about the fact that at Toyhio, the line to get uh, photos with the figure four was super long and never ending. And uh because of just the sheer volume of people that were at Toyhio in line to see the pod boys, uh, you know, you kind of got shuffled through, you know, you get your picture, you might've said something nice, you know, get your figure signed and then you got to go. But at the AIW show where I don't know, there was maybe 130 people in attendance. Cause I know originally they had a hundred people and they were slowly releasing more and more tickets as restrictions were lifted. So let's just say there was 150. We'll just round number. Um, at least 75 of those 150 people were AIW regulars who might not give a crap about the figure four. So like when I got in there, um, there was maybe three or four people ahead of me to get their picture taken with the boys. So I was able to, you know, go up and like, you know, say, Hey, you know, can I get a picture? You know, blah, blah, blah. It's this much. Um, you know, a lot of them, like Brian Myers had like a bundle with like an eight by 10, I did not take advantage of the bundle because I didn't want to carry around an 8x10 kind of knowing what my festivities were going to look like for later in the night. But, uh, you know, I was able to get my picture taken with uh, Broski, with Brian Myers, with Smart Mark. Uh, Smart Mark gave me one of his business cards and signed it, which was awesome. I do regret I did not get a picture taken with Dylan. Uh, I I really kind of wish I did, especially uh, with what we learned as the night went by with the show. But uh, I got my mark photo with those three. And uh, I, you know what? Because of the fact that there wasn't this line of people behind me, uh, I was able to stand there and like kind of chat with them for a little bit. You know, I, I talked to uh, Smart Mark and told him, you know, I just joined the Discord. I'm sorry, not the Discord, the, uh, the Facebook group. And uh, I told Broski how I was going to go to the GCW show. 
Uh, and he was kind of like, oh, good luck, buddy. You know, because I told him I was going to wear my broski shirt there. And uh, <laughs> that's how a conversation got started. Because he's like, oh, did you know that those shirts are only $6 at Hot Topic now? And I was like, oh, where'd you think I got it? You know? <laughs> uh, so, like, it was just cool. Like, uh, again, like, as, like, a huge fan of that group to just be able to stand and, like, chat with them for a little bit and not feel like I'm holding up the line, you know, was just really cool. Um and like I said, I got my pictures taken with them. So I was like really, really happy to for that experience. You know, it was as a fan, uh, the four of them, you know, like Dylan Swaggle was awesome to the people that he was with. I did not interact with them. Um, and again, I wish I did. But uh, they, they made it a great experience. So I, I could not recommend it more. You know, if you're going to an indie show and you're a fan of those guys, you know, go and get your Mark photo. Go and get autographs. Like I said, I didn't get anything autographed because I already have autographs and I didn't want to carry anything around, but, uh, uh, like if my night ended there, I would have been really happy if it was like, okay, it's time to leave. Like the whole point of this was to get the, the Mark photos. I would have been thrilled. Right. And obviously we're not going to do a full review of the show. Like I said, it's on, uh, Jerry's internet wrestling emporium. The show's called major announcement. It's going to be up to the top, to the top of like new things on there. If you want a full beat-by-beat rundown, as Adam mentioned, go listen to Wrestling Cheers this past week. Uh, Justin, Pam, and Kenny do a great job of running down the entire show from the live experience and the watching at home experience. And a pair of, and this is going to lead us into our next thing, of course, unless you have any sort of specific stories about the show itself. But Thorne himself always says he does three he does three star shows, four star meet and greets, and five star after parties. Yeah, I have a little bit more. Um, I, nothing about the actual wrestling itself, because like I said, check out Wrestling Cheers uh, for that, and obviously watch the show. Uh, but during intermission, well, well, let me back up. So obviously, I may or may not have been doing some drinking during the show, um, and credit to the Odeon for having very reasonable prices at the bar. Um, and uh, so I, I might have been drinking uh, pretty heavily with Rob, and I might have been partaking with uh, with Ed Cody from Pod Van Dam. But uh, so I'm drinking during the events, and uh, during the intermission, I just want to say I saw Jake Clemens, and I just went up and I was like, "Hey, Jake, you know, I just want to introduce myself, Adam Van," and like he knew who I was. Again, I popped for that. Jake's a nice guy. Uh, and then I saw John Thorne just kind of walking, uh, through on his way from point A to point B. Uh, he was very busy, obviously in the middle yeah. of the show, but I just wanted to be like, uh, Hey John, I'm, I'm Sposto's friend, Adam, you know, you know, we probably talked on Twitter. I just want to introduce myself and he was very nice. Uh, but it was a real quick conversation, but we did talk more a little bit later, um, after the show. But, uh, so that was really my intermission thing, uh, followed by more and more drinking. But I just want to talk a, a real quick story about the main events. Um, so obviously the main event was the figure four versus a bunch of AIW guys, I assume. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, did you uh, get a chance to listen to a uh, major wrestling figure podcast this week? I did. <laughs> so yes, but they anyways. took on uh, a team of AIW heels, if you will. To infinity mm-hmm. beyond and beyond, uh, Colin Delaney and Cheech, former multi-time tag team champions, and the Rip Shooty, the Rip City Shooters of Wes Barkley and uh, Stiffy McGee. <laughs> so uh, obviously, if you watch the show, you know that uh, Swago got a huge pop, Smart Mark got a huge pop, uh, Brian Myers got a huge pop. 
For <laughs> some reason, the crowd booed Broski. I don't know why, but I haven't gotten a chance <laughs> to go... have ears and eyes. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... I didn't get a chance to watch this yet. I am going to go and watch just the main event on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. But I don't know. I, I'm assuming you can see me at certain points. I was on hard cam side. Oh, this, okay. The second row back. So I don't know if hard cam might have caught the back of my shiny head or not. But, uh, you know, Broski comes out and he does the gimmick where he rips his pre-ripped shirt, you know. And he, yeah. he, in my mind, he's looking right at me and he throws the shirt at me. But, like, it goes slightly to my right, and it goes towards where my buddy Rob is sitting. And Rob grabs it and immediately gets in a tug-of-war with the shirt, or for the shirt, with a girl sitting behind him. <laughs> like a 100-pound girl. <laughs> and he wins the tug-of-war. And uh, my first thought was, like, sweet, he doesn't give a shit about Broski. I just got Broski's shirt. But then I'm thinking, okay, this girl is with a guy. I was like, am I going to have to fight this guy? I'm like, <laughs> so, and I've been drinking. So, of course, when I'm drinking, I'm like Batman. I'm trying to figure out the weaknesses of everybody. That I take oh, my down. goodness. <laughs> but, like, Rob felt bad, and he turned around, and he handed the shirt to the girl. And it was like, okay, never thought anything of it. But after the show was over, oh, I'm getting ready to go to the after party. And I'm outside ripping a heater. And that girl and the guy are outside, uh, and Rob's like, oh, again, I apologize, sorry about that. And uh, the guy's name was Zach, and the girl was Angela, and we ended up going to the after party together. And we're all, like, the best friends ever. We're, like, friends on, like, Facebook and Instagram now. So it was just, like, a random occurrence of, like, fighting over a broski shirt, which I did offer to buy off him, but he wouldn't sell me. Uh. <laughs> uh, but we ended up, like, li- literally hanging out all night until, like, I lost track of time and space, and they, they floated away. So, <laughs> But that's, that's uh, the end of my uh, at-the-venue part of the story. Uh, after party. So uh, there was some, uh, miscommunication, I guess, with the after party, wherever it was supposed to be at first, um, maybe about an hour and a half, two hours before the show, they just said, yeah, we're not doing the after party. Figure it out yourself. Uh, not to my knowledge. Cause the ring announcer at the end of the show was yeah. like, Hey, the after party is at this bar. And right. it was called that was dive so bar. Thorne was able to whip that together. Like within two hours. Okay. Yeah, because they, it was originally supposed to be somewhere else, and that place canceled on them. All right, yeah, because obviously with me not knowing that there was a previous arrangement in place, yeah. I just heard, hey, it's going to be at this place called the Dive Bar. Uh, and obviously when you hear a, a bar called the Dive Bar, you assume it's a little quiet hole in the ground. But it was like a club where I was 20 years older than everybody else that was there. Yeah. But uh you know, it was a good time. Uh, we walked there, and the cool thing was it was halfway between the Odeon and my hotel. Oh, perfect. It was, like, on the way. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, and at the after party, uh, you know, I ran into, obviously, Dom Garini, uh, Clemens Thorne, uh, a bunch of those people. Uh, I, there's where I had a chance to talk a little bit to John Thorne. And I'll tell you, he stopped me, uh, remembering me from earlier. And uh, he was uh, very, 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 very complimentary towards you, Joe. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's very, that was very nice. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll tell you off the off the mic so that, you know, I don't give you too big of a head. But, like, uh, <laughs> he, he was basically just going on and on about how, like, you need to come to an AIW show. You know, he, he misses you on commentary. He misses you just as somebody to bounce things off of. So uh, he was... 
Uh, very thankful that I was there and that I was having a good time. And, you know, he wanted to send his regards towards you. Uh, that's very nice. I, I talk to John almost every day. And I do, yeah. like I said, I miss going out to the shows. Um, you know, we'll figure it out one day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm still drinking at this point. Uh, and remember, not driving, boys and girls. So right, just, walking. That's right. Yes, walking. Uh, so there may have been shots involved at one point. Uh, I believe that there was conversations that I instigated uh, between myself and, like, girls in their early 20s where I was like, my friend Rob's a doctor, which he is, and I'm a professional sports broadcaster. So, uh, yeah, I mean, needless to say, that didn't go over well. Uh, but uh, I, I still, you got to take a lot of at-bats. You know, eventually you'll get a hit. Um, but right. I also... Listen, like, the the guy who has, like, the best batting average in baseball is, like, what, 325? Yeah, something like that's that. Like, you know? That's, like, three out of ten, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, one other thing I want to throw out, uh, my new favorite drinking buddy, uh, and I hope I'm not thrown under the bus by saying this. You can bleep it out if there's any controversy. But uh, I was hang- I got to meet and hang out with Arthur MacArthur, the strongest man in all the land. Uh, really good dude. I liked ha- hanging out with him. Uh, we we get along very well, and uh, I look forward to seeing him at some more shows. Uh, hopefully, if he comes out east, you know, bulking season, come on out. And uh, um, but yeah, so he that was a great time. And I just want to say that at one point, like uh, the people that I met at the AIW show, Zach and Angela, the one that I was getting ready to fight, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was getting to the point where I was like, you need to marry this girl. Come on now. I was like, <laughs> like we were best friends for years. And uh, and then at some point, I just time traveled back to the hotel and uh, woke up the next day for Toy Hile. <laughs> that's that's a, there's a David Tell joke in there about how drinking that much is like time travel. <laughs> You wake yeah. up, you're in a new bar, you don't know how you got there, <laughs> you black out, you wake up, you're working at McDonald's for three years. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, okay, so that wraps up our likes. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you got a chance to go out there and experience the AIW experience to its fullest. Yeah. Um, and very rarely do I, do I ever get a chance to do that only because, um, you know, there's been many times where it's like, well, I got to get back to my buddy's house so I can be ready to go for the next day. Or me and Mantis go back to the hotel and watch Seinfeld like an old married couple. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened at AIW. Like a couple, one, the one time where uh, Mantis was booked for AIW, everyone went to the after party and me and him just went back to the hotel like an old married couple. <laughs> Yeah, I, again, I cannot heap enough praise as far as the the amount of the good time I had. Like, if you ask me who beat anybody on that show, I can't tell you. Like, just because, you know, I, I don't know a lot of the people in AIW, so I yeah. wasn't as invested in the matches. But, like, every match was a great time. You know, like, the action in the ring was great. Uh, the experience was great. The people around, you know, whether it be the staff or the wrestlers or just the fans, I, I cannot recommend AIW enough uh, for something to do. And I, I definitely, I'm not going to do it again next week or next month, but I can definitely see myself going to another AIW show like soon, you know, within the next couple months, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Well, they got the end of the, they got the end of July ready to go. Just so you know. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So. Uh, we'll get into some other stuff later. Uh, you know, we gotta, you know, get you through these quarter hours and everything. Mm. 
So, Adam, don't you have a homework assignment to give to me of something to watch and give to the listeners of something to watch? I do. I do, Joe. Uh, now, this is something that somebody slid into my DMs to suggest, so you know it's good. And I Is this someone ask... who is turning 34 this weekend? Mm, maybe. <laughs> is this someone who's currently part of a very successful hashtag campaign? Well, not a lot of people DM me, Joe, so that limits your, your choices, <laughs> so it might be that. But I'm going to ask you this question. Who is your favorite? WWE in-ring performer turned color commentator. Of all time? Of all time. Well, I I guess you could say Mick Foley, because he had a stint on SmackDown as a color commentator. Um, You could say Samoan Joe, because he had a stint as well. Okay. Um, Uh, That's who I would choose, one of those two. Probably Mick Foley. Okay, so so you said Pat McAfee? God damn it. (laughs) So we are going to watch two episodes of Pat McAfee's Office Championship Wrestling, Joe. What the fuck is this? (laughs) I didn't know either until it was put in my DMs from Ed Cody from Pod Van Dam. God Uh, damn it. These are on YouTube. Uh, I did not peruse them at all. Uh, I do not believe any wrestlers involved are anybody that we would know. Uh, but the two cards we are going to watch that are both snackable episodes at 20 to 25 minutes apiece. Uh, one of them is entitled Straight to Hell. And the other one is entitled Mama's Dinner Table Match. And I will send you the link so you could put them in the show notes. And again, I know nothing about these other than the fact that they came from a, a very trustworthy source in Ed and that it involves your favorite in-ring performer turned color commentator, Pat McAfee. Okay. So I, I okay, so the, if you just put in Pat McAfee office wrestling, it's the first two that come up, right? But then I uh, see... It, 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 go ahead. I see in the description for one of them... Uh, that's a, a, the for the Mama's Dinner Table match. Mm. The write-up for the match or the episode or whatever the hell it is. Well, spoilers, so, don't ruin it. No, no, I have to say it. Um, if Test Tube Baby can put Dylan Bostick through his Mama's Dinner Table, he will leave with the title belt and Dylan's mother. Now, I'll say this. Dylan Bostick is maybe one of the worst people on, like, you're going to make me watch a Dylan Bostick match. Well, The I... person who toured, like, the NEW shows wrestling Ryback when Ryback was fleecing those people out of money, uh... and afterwards Ryback quit wrestling. So if Dylan Bostick is a friend of Pat McAfee, that goes to speak volumes for the type of person Pat McAfee is. Hey, I, I'm just going by what I was assigned to assign you. And uh, if it's dog shit, which uh, it quite possibly could be, uh, that's more fodder for your uh, commentary next week. The, the mere involvement of Dylan Bostic puts this in the near bad place immediately. <laughs> Fair enough. I My assigning a show does not equate an endorsement for myself or the show. Uh. <laughs> Stop again, Stop getting recommendations from Ed. <laughs> well, this is the first thing he recommended to me that wasn't a Japanese show with no subtitles. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so that's what you have to look forward to. I cannot wait uh, for Mass Library's review on this one. 
You know, uh, what's that convention that him and uh, Maddie Treats and the Educator are talking about that going that they're going to RetroCon in Philadelphia or something mm-hmm. in August? Yeah, I hope on their way through because they have to come from like upstate New York through to Philly. I hope they do a pit stop somewhere near the importer exporter business just so Kevin can slug you in the gut <laughs> for assigning all of these shitty shows. <laughs> He would never do that. All right. Well, I put it, it into the, I put it into the cosmos. I hope he does. Oh, see, you know, if if the the boys from the show want to come by, I'll give them a free tour of the toy room. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, much better stuff that you could watch this weekend over at Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, aka uh, InternetWrestling.tv, InternetWrestling.live. There's like 18 different URLs for them. I was gonna buy uh jerry.tv and it's very expensive oh uh there is no less than four count them four icw no holds barred events this weekend uh these are the ones where it's like oh they put down the rope they take down the ropes and they put up the chains there's a lot of sharps there's a lot of death matchy stuff with pit fighter x7 and x8 uh gotta earn it in the pit and unlucky 13 and also on Saturday is H2O's death anniversary event. Um, so I don't know if you're a ghoul. I think you've gotten many, many shows to watch this weekend over at Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Uh, use the code at odds. Don't get you five free days, I don't think. I'm going to text Jerry to see when that's coming back. Uh, but uh, if you use that code, to, uh, new subscribers, of course, if you sign up using that code, that tells Jerry... We referred you to him instead of me sending a text to Jerry to say, hey, we referred someone to you. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, in the show notes of every one of these episodes, you can find the link to our uh, Amazon affiliate page. Uh, Does not cost you anything extra. Uh, Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. and then, of course, the Tee Public store. I think the sale is good for one more day. Uh, go to tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. Again, that's the mothership of all the soon-to-be-named network shows. You know, we don't really plug the soon-to-be-named network shows on this show, but I think, you know, we're like a niche of a niche here anyway. Uh, but if you want to get any of those uh, designs inspired by Adoz with Wrestling, you can find them over at the Tee Public store. And I think a uh, Hurt Business... Uh, inspired jingle business for David Kincannon may have went up in the last few days. Oh. Uh, so check that out. You can get them on shirts and you can get them on stickers and face masks and notebooks and cell phone covers and all sorts of shit like that. Let me guess. Kincannon went and uh, photoshopped that himself, crossing union lines, taking my job away from me. No, uh, somebody else sent it to me and... Uh, the T public site is very touchy on the uh, image size and the transparency of stuff. Uh, right. But I'll just say Tim worked very hard to get that done for me. All right. This is my warning to you, DeWicky. Stay off my turf. Oh I don't my write God. no jingles. You don't do no Photoshops. <laughs> it wasn't DeWicky who did it. It was Tim. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just That's just a warning to, to DeWicky because he's All been right. stepping out lately. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, but you just said we don't plug other shows on the soon to be network, Joe, soon to be named network. I feel like we do because every week at this point, I mentioned that everybody should go watch or listen to watch it. If they have a YouTube, I don't know. Uh, but listen to final wrestling plays, long box heroes. We need wrestling porch talk wrestling cheers soon to be featuring Ed Cody, uh, between the sheets. Oh, I'm sorry. I had it the other way around, but you know what I meant? <laughs> the house show Jesus podcast. Christ. I know. The House Show Podcast, uh, Viewer's Choice, Pod Van Dam, which a uh, little birdie tells me that you'll be on again next week. Yeah, uh, this week, uh, we record Sunday, I take, for their season finale. Uh, they're doing some sort of draft show, so they decided to have the winner of the Tournament of Champions of the A-Show. Uh, shout out to Bad Wrestling Podcast, who kind of brought this whole draft shows to my little corner of podcasting or whatever. Uh, but I'm going to be on. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of shit that they're going to rope me into to try to incriminate me into saying stuff that I shouldn't say into a microphone. Mm-hmm. But I'm strictly there to judge who puts together the best card. Yeah. Uh, not another sports podcast. And, of course, once again, vote for the boar on the A show. Right. But, there's you know, and it's like there's other shows in the soon-to-be-named network. Your Puzzle Warriors 3, your Profane Arguments, uh, you know, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Porch Talk, Wings on Wings. Those are the shows that I don't like that we, that we don't mention. Like we mention all like the wrestling and sport adjacent ones, but not the other shows. You know, I, I do agree. We need to put over porch talk more. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, so I think that's it for the main part of the show. Uh, we are going to get into probably an extended weekly purchases because this is where Adam is going to tell his tales of Toy Hio. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously Toy Hio was the impetus of this entire trip. You know, I heard about Toy Hio first and the AIW show was the icing on the cake. You know, that kind of came up uh, pretty quickly after, but, you know, definitely after Toy Hio was announced. Um, but Toy Hio was the reason why I went. And uh, we got up pretty early in the morning the day after the AIW show. That was a treat uh, after the night before uh, because uh, Vin Gerard, Ohio, is an hour away from Cleveland, Ohio. So it was an hour drive. And we wanted to get there, you know, early enough to jump in line. Uh, there was a line that was wrapping around the building. Uh, I saw Summers come there and we did a little trade ski. I had a, a promised him an item and uh, made sure he got that. And he pointed out to me that I was standing in the non-ticket holding or non-ticket holder line. Uh, and I should have been standing in the much smaller one. So again, shout out to Justin for hooking the guy up. But uh you know, first impressions, uh, this place, it's awesome. Uh, if you're looking for toys, you know, obviously, or, or non-toys, there was a little bit of everything. Um, you know, Justin started telling the story on Wrestling Cheers this week, but I'll give you my perspective of it. I had said last week that I was not going really with anything in mind. Like, I'm like, like oh, I'm going to buy this or this or this. Uh, and I did look for your figure, your Toxie figure. I did not see it. So I, I kept an eye out for that. Uh, this isn't the part of the show where I do the big reveal, <laughs> but they didn't have that. Um, but, you know, as soon as I got there, it, you kind of try to take it in, you know, and I'm moving like slowly from table to table, just kind of like looking over stuff. And it would probably take you at least an hour to to do a full lap. But then like on your next lap, you're seeing other stuff that you didn't see the first time. And uh, Justin had pointed out to me, I had talked to him through DMs that I did want to eventually get the San Diego Comic-Con Macho Man Slim Jim edition. And right. 
he knew that I wanted that. He had pointed that out to me. Uh, like, like people were selling it in the the major Facebook group and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'll wait until Toy High. I'll see if I can get it there. And he had seen it. He he kind of went and sought me out and pulled me over to the other side of the, the building where sitting there all by itself was like the mintiest of mint versions of this figure. And I don't know if you're familiar, Joe. It's one of those boxes where you can never see the figure unless you rip the box open. So like a lot of the times when uh, you see these for sale, people had already kind of ripped the outer shell off of it. But this one was like still sealed, like, you know, eight square corners on it. Beautiful. Uh, I asked the guy how much he wanted for it. He wanted 150, which is like the going retail price on eBay. Okay. And, and in my mind, I was like, okay, well, this is the first one I'm seeing. I've been here for a half hour. You know, I'm going to walk around some, you know, I thank Justin for pointing it out to me. And I think I might've done another lap and saw it there again. And then like by my third time around, it was gone. And I was like, maybe they're hiding it (laughs) or maybe they're just cycling through their inventory because it didn't sell and they're putting other stuff out there. And eventually I went and I, uh, I went up, I was like, uh, that, that macho, you sold it. He's like, yep. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, because honestly, yes, I, I had planned on trying to, uh, you know, negotiate it down a little bit, but, uh, at the end of the day, I probably would have pulled the trigger at 150 because of the fact that. You know, you can see pictures all day on eBay, but uh, I don't have the best track record with, like, my mailman. Uh, so, like, just to have one that's, like, pristine in my hands yeah, would have been, like, a mission accomplished for me. You're but going to save on shipping. You're going to save on eBay fees, all that other shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I passed on it, and, like, it took the wind out of my sails. You know, because like, it's, like... There was other, you know, wrestling figures and non-wrestling figures that I've been like, oh, if I see them, I'll buy them. You know, I've been clocking these on eBay, but I'm not in any kind of hurry for it. But uh, that was one thing that I've wanted for like almost a year now that I, you know, for I should have just not been a cheapskate and just been like, you know, let's get it, put it in the car because it was cool because the venue, you know, you, you it's a two minute walk from the front door to your car and back. You know, I could rip a heater and come back. Um, but uh yeah, I passed on it, and I regret it immediately. Uh, now, I'll say this. Uh, obviously, the world is much different now, you know, from the last year with toys and everything else like that. But when I used to go to comic book conventions and I would see something that I wanted um, that wasn't a comic book, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I would look to see how much dust was on the item. Yeah. Because if there was a lot of dust on the item, that thing hasn't been sold in a long time. I don't need to buy it on Friday. I can wait till that guy's packing up on Sunday and say, hey, uh, make me a deal, you know? Yeah. Whereas, you know, obviously the world is much different today than the last time that I went to a convention, which was something like seven years ago, six years ago. Um, Obviously, the toy market has exploded. Um, Something like that, I would have immediately scouted it out as you did. Saw the price, saw that it was the same price on eBay. I probably would have tried to get the guy to knock 25 bucks off of it to see what he said. Um, and just went right for it. You know what I mean? Or there's been times where I'll stand there and kind of meander around with the item in my hands Mm -hmm. and see you had your buddy with you. And I don't know if he was there looking for stuff or if he was just along for the trip. Yeah. Rob, uh, like he, he'll buy like a little bit of of this and that. Like he's not into any one particular thing. He buys a lot of loose stuff. Yeah. So he's kind of the opposite of me. He was buying like, 
he bought like a 1984 superpowers Hal Jordan figure. You oh, know, okay, that's cool. Loose, you know, uh, he was buying like Lord of the Rings clear Frodo figures, you know, just like anything that pops them. But like he didn't give a shit about like condition or, or price and that kind of stuff. So it was uh, it was funny because, you know, we tried to stay next to each other like initially and be like, oh, check this out, check this out. But we were clearly looking at different things and on different paces and stuff. Gotcha. So, you know, we, we spread out and we'd meet up every so often. But more often than not, I would come back to him. I'd see he'd have like four bags in his hands. And I'd be like, all right, give me the bags. I'm going to run out and smoke. I'll run the stuff to the car. So I was just being a pack mule back and forth. Um, but I will say the first thing I bought, um, you know how there's the Masters of the Universe reissues? Yeah. Um, if you go to any Walmart or Target, you'll see pegs filled of He-Mans and Skeletors. They're yes. peg warmers. But what you never see is any of the other characters. Um, I had bought on eBay a couple months ago a Manny Faces one. Yeah. And uh, there was a Roboto, which is like a clear robot. You can see his gears. Yep. And, uh, and, and like you turn his waist and his jaw goes up and down too. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah, it's, yeah. A guy, it's a guy I had when I was a kid that I used to love and I wanted the reissue. These things retail 15 bucks if you can find one. The guy wanted 20 bucks for like an unpunched mint one. I was like, sold, you know, no yeah, hesitation. Um, but, uh, you know, and I mentioned that not pulling the trigger on the Slim Jim Macho, like – so many of the booths have the same stuff at wildly different pricing. You know, like you can go from one table, like that, that Roboto that I bought for 20, you know, two tables away, it was 30, two tables away, it was 50, you know, as everybody's kind of seen what they can do. So that's yeah. kind of what I had in mind with the macho, hoping to see like a selection. But uh, I will say, and I'll, I'll turn this over real quick to you for some questions, but um well, first things first, the pandemic is completely over in Ohio uh, because you have to do the Razor Ramon walk to get past anybody. Oh, boy. And, and nobody's wearing masks, myself included. So I probably have airborne something right now, but con crud at least. But uh, I'd say that a third of the stuff that was for sale was vintage Lucy stuff, which obviously, you know, I'm not a player for. You know, sure. I don't want anything that's loose. So that's kind of disqualified. I'd say, you know, another third was Funko Pops, but like, you know, nothing really that I wanted. Uh, you know, there's a couple that caught my eye. Um, and then the other, th out of that remaining third, as I'm doing Steiner math here, the majority of that was like Marvel Legends and Star Wars Black figures that you can get like right now from Best Buy or Entertainment Earth or Target or whatever. So like that last third percent was like, just very much repetitive stuff. So I did not see a lot of unique stuff. You know, I was going in expecting to see like stuff like the Slim Jim Macho, you know, at every table. Yeah. But it was lots of the same stuff and vintage Lucy stuff, which I get if you're into that, you know, awesome. It just wasn't as like a OCD mint on card guy. It wasn't really my scene. You know what I'm saying? I sure. bought that. I bought that Roboto. And then maybe like three hours went by before I found something else that I wanted. And I'll let you go ahead and like talk about whatever from here. Yeah. So just what I was saying was before was when I, we would go to conventions and I would see something that I would want. And I and like my wife would be with me. I would kind of like turn around and show her the item. Mm. And then she would just do like a quick walk around the convention floor to see if it was somewhere else. Yeah. And like while I'm there holding the item pondering hmm, should i buy this 
I'm just waiting for my wife to do a quick sweep of the floor to see if that item is out there anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was hoping you could, like, uh, get your buddy to go do that for you, but he was on his own mission. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's it. You know, um, I'm kind of glad that I didn't go uh, to Ohio because I don't know if I would be comfortable with uh, elbow-to-asshole people with no masks on at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I will say uh, the I did end up spending a grand total of 80 bucks. I, I mentioned the Roboto figure was 20 uh, there was a San Diego Comic-Con Marty McFly Funko Pop that uh, I did not have. It's one of the few Back to the Future, like, obtainable pops that I don't have. Uh, that It was, like, a $50 pop that I got for 20 bucks, so I thought that was a great deal. And I found, I didn't even know these existed. I'm sure you've heard of Star Wars, like, Black Series and Star Wars Vintage Series. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Star Wars Elite Series? Uh, like, uh, no, no. I, I assumed Elite Series and Black Series were one and the same. Yeah, I had never, obviously I've heard of WWE Mattel Elites, but I've never heard of, you know, uh, Star Wars Elites. Apparently they are exclusive to the Disney Store, and they are made of die-cast metal. Oh, interesting. And, uh, this one table had, uh, two different Boba Fetts, uh, a fully painted Boba Fett that he wanted, like, 50 bucks for, and what's called the prototype version, which is just basically an all-white Boba Fett uh, that was priced at 40 And uh, the, the white one said, like, Star Wars Day exclusive or something like that. And I did a quick clocking on eBay because I've never even heard of these before. Yeah. Um, and, like, they're going for, like, at least then, they're going for, like, 80 90 bucks. And I was like, oh, he just wants 40 bucks for it. I've never heard of it. It's, I like Boba Fett. I'll grab that. So I didn't even know that was a thing. And you pick it up, you it's like hand, holding like a solid brass candlestick. You can kill a guy with it. Uh, it it's, it's really nice looking, and uh, obviously I'll keep it in the box. But I'll shoot you a picture when we get off the air. I was pumped to see that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, are, oh, so say, go ahead. No, I was going to say, those were my only Toy Hio purchases, but, uh, and I'll field it over to you, but that wasn't the end of my purchasing week. All right, well, let's do my purchasing week uh, yep. here. And if you, I'll say, go listen to uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark when it comes out later uh, today to hear the full story of my yard sale this past weekend. <laughs> but suffice to say, I was the big winner. The plan initially was going to be using the money from the yard sale to buy a lawnmower. Uh, but it ended up being like a multi-house yard sale. There was a couple other houses on the block that were selling stuff as well. Mm. Um, and one of the other houses had not only a like new lawnmower, um, as the person who they were selling it for, uh, is no longer physically able to mow their lawn. Um, it was saying it was a, you know, whatever I had craftsman or whatever the hell I have, but it was like maybe like the four or five year newer model. It just hadn't been used in a while. Went and got some gas, went and got some oil, got it up in Revan, and I got that and a leaf blower for 25 bucks. Oh, look at that. That's a deal ski. Right. So the money that I was that I made from getting rid of the the fragments and remnants of the three comic book collections that have been haunting my office for the last eight to eight to six years or whatever the hell it's been. Mm-hmm. Some guy just came and like, take them all. He's like, I'll g-, he goes, I want them all. I go, okay, give me, give me a hundred bucks. They're your problem now. <laughs> uh, and Todd from Longbox heroes 
had the best line saying, I look forward to seeing them at every dealer's table in Scranton forever from here on out. <laughs> um, and it's a very specific collection. Uh, I, I'll be able to pinpoint the exact issues if and when I go to a comic book convention. I'm like, there they are. There they are. There they are. Um, so the plan was to buy a new lawnmower. So because I got the lawnmower and the leaf blower on the cheap. Uh, the next thing was to buy a bike since my kid and my wife are into bike riding. It's like, well, dad needs to get a bike too. My dad had actually picked up a bike at a yard sale about a month or two ago, built it back up, you know, got new tires, new brakes, new everything on it, and then just brought it down and gave it to me, I guess, for Father's Day. So I didn't have to buy uh, a bike with the money that I got from the yard sale. So I got money that's burning a hole in my pocket. And I think I've just used it to buy. I, you know what? I did use a part of it to buy a uh, triple from uh, Five Guys this past week. <laughs> that was my treat to me. Yeah. Well, you're going to be riding the bike now, so you can afford to, you know, like go a little overboard at Five Guys. Oh, I ate that triple, and then I went out for a bike ride, and I felt like shit. <laughs> it felt like my body was on fire. <laughs> It was like, what are these muscles that I haven't used in 30 years? I haven't. Pro I probably haven't rid a bike since I was 17, uh -huh. which has got to be at least, what, 26 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when I got the bike and I'm like, oh, I'll pedal around the block here. and We're good. It's like, no, no, we went around like the whole neighborhood. We went like three streets over, three more streets up and then six streets back and then back home. And I'm like, I need to sit down. I'm old. <laughs> uh, it, baby steps, Joe. You'll get right. there. And then, and then we had a cold snap in northeastern Pennsylvania, so nobody was riding any bikes. This yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's the end for me. How was the rest of your uh, purchasing non-Toyhio experience? Yeah. Um. Obviously, we've been talking about this for a while. I joined the uh, Major Pod uh, Facebook group through the Patreon. And uh, we had talked off air that, you know, if you're in that group, you can see a lot of people offering up deals that, you know, really good prices on stuff. And uh, I had said to you privately that uh, this could get expensive, you know, some of the deals that are being offered. And I had uh, refrained because I was like, I got to save my money for Toy Hio, so I cannot take advantage of any of these. But wouldn't you know it, I got home from Toy Hio, Joe, and the chains are off. <laughs> so... I've uh, worked out some deals with some major marks for some stuff. Uh, uh, first thing I did was I, I actually got a deal on the Live 7 hat, which is like the, the stomp hat. It's like yeah. camouflage. Uh, got that for basically what they were selling for brand new. Uh, so uh, that's awesome. I tried to buy Justin Summers' off of him, but he wouldn't budge. So I had to get it from somebody else. Um, and then there was another guy who was selling a bunch of different elites and the one that caught my eye, I don't know if you ever saw this. I don't have a picture handy or I'd send it to you. It was a three-pack of the shield, you know, uh, from when they kind of reformed, you know, like towards the end. Um, and I actually saw this at Toy Hio. I was clocking it. A lot of people were selling this, you know, in box. But, like, the box was beat to hell. And it was, like, around 150 And there was a guy in the major pod group that was, like, uh, $75 shipped. And uh, that's a really, really good price for this box set. And it was a great shape. And he was also listing a bunch of other stuff. And uh, one of the other things he had was uh, there was a, a two-pack of the Festival of Friendship with, you know, Kevin Owens and scarf-wearing Jericho. Yeah. And uh, I think he wanted, like, 
40 something bucks for that shipped and that's again a good price on it so again i asked him i was like hey is the shield uh pack still available i'm interested in if it is also if you want to work out a deal ski with the festival uh you know i'd be interested if not you know that's cool i just want the shield thing uh and he came back with a price that was basically like i got the festival friendship for free and wow. uh, yeah like it, like based on the price like I got both packs for way less than the shield pack goes for on its own. Um, so, and uh, you know, I paid for the hat and I paid for these figures and like within 24 hours, both guys, you know, hooked me up with the tracking and, you know, they're on their way. So I uh, look forward to getting that. And it's going to be uh, very expensive being in this group. Cause there's some prices that uh, I can't argue with. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I, I'm not in the, the group as much. You mm-hmm. know, I lurk around, I look at things, I like people's jokes and so forth. Uh, but if you are a figure person, you know, it's a really good group. It's a really good community to be in. You know, join the, if you listen to Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which this, you know, segment is inspired by, of course. Um, and you're looking for good deals, you know, Adam, you know, membership there has cost him so much money already <laughs> just from the different deals there. Uh, like, but you know, if you're a figure person, a uh, memorabilia person, autograph person, a card break person, any of those sort of things, you know, you're five bucks a month, you know, even getting the show early is worth it for me. Um, but if you're into all those other things, it's worth it to get in the Facebook group and kind of like get into that community you know yeah yeah and uh like those three things i bought were like the three out of like the 20 things that i thought about buying so it's there's a lot a little bit of for everybody but that's so is that is that all the purchases that's everything slow week for me joe slow week i was gonna say this is the most adam week uh this is the most adam episode of the show that there's ever been yeah look at that popping the ratings I hope so. And like I said, you know, obviously I saw you posting all your uh, pics of everyone that you got to meet while you were out in Ohio mm-hmm. for the AIW show, for Toy Ohio, for all of it. And, you know, both privately and publicly, everyone was very happy to get a chance to rub elbows with you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like I said, I love meeting everybody. I, I, I honestly, I wish I took more pictures, but it's like... You know how it is. You, when it comes to the pod, the the major pod guys. I mean, you're paying them to take a picture. You know, which is great. So you you don't have to worry about being shot down. <laughs> you know, and uh, when it came to like other people, it's like okay, I, I I talk to this person enough online, I feel comfortable just going over. Yo, dude, we're taking a picture and snapping it. But yeah. you know, some people that you you know just met or you know haven't really had that kind of relationship with, I kind of feel bad. Like, hey, let's take a picture. I know you you barely know me, but. So I would have taken more pictures, you know. So if you ever see me out and about and you know me, let's get a Mark photo. That's all I got to say. There you go. All right. So I think that's it uh, for the show this week. Uh, We've covered a lot. And for Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening to episode 144 of At Odds with Wrestling. Be safe, everyone, and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.